the best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Now, Atuni Prakash Ramadha via phone. Good morning to you. and Welcome to our program. First time for the year. Nice to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Pranayana. This morning's discussion, we're having a raging discussion on, on the program this morning about the report, the divers, what has happened, what has not happened, what should happen. And yesterday you raised an element of the discussion that has been in the public domain for a pretty long period of time. And yet still at this point we have no clarity as to how it, it's going to be handled, if it's going to be handled at all. And that's financial assistance, compensation, whatever word we want to use for the families of the four men who died and for the survivor. The headline on the front page of the Guardian newspaper screams lawyer seeks $5 million each for paria victims' families. Let's, because there, there is the need for some clarity in how we arrive at $5 million and who's supposed to pay this thing and, and all of those. So let's iron those out for our listeners here this morning. Yeah. Um, tell us, first and foremost, uh, $5 million. How, how, how did we arrive at that figure? If you permit me a few moments yeah, sure. to recognize the passing of a two patriot, Sajal Karen, mm-hmm. I think the country is far lesser with his loss. He was a person of impeccable character, enviable ability and capacity, and a love for Trinidad Tobago that uplifted so many by his efforts. So I just wanted to put on record my personal grief and, and the many who benefited from his in, incredible work as a minister and even before. So thank you for that opportunity. Now, in relation to your question about the figure of $5 million, as you might remember, the chairman of the commission said that it's about time that the decent thing to do, the right thing to do, is for an extraction of payment to be made to the family possibly without any acknowledgement of liability on the part of Parry and LMCS. Till today, notwithstanding the millions that would have been spent on the commission, and I see the commission had its, its value, not a single cent has been paid to the family of the deceased and even the survivor, as far as I'm aware. This is an abomination because these are breadwinners who passed and perished as a result of the failure to act by Paria, a state-owned company. Not just a failure to act, but it prevented actions that caused, without, without doubt, the death of these men. They were alive when they knew there was a possibility that it could have caused or allowed a rescue effort, and they prevented it. There was certainty in that oxygen and air supply will run out. In a matter of minutes, possibly at most hours. But they frittered away the time waiting for cameras and to make the environment as safe as they could possibly do it before even using intelligence to ascertain what could have happened. There's always risk and danger. So that element between the extinguishing of life and the obtaining of certainty and perfection led to a position of certain death if no action was taken and what happened. The treatment of the families thereafter, where they were kept out of knowledge 
out in the weather, out in the elements, with total disrespect and aesthetity. The commission referenced that and observed that it was unacceptable. The figure of $5 million as an extra of payment is one I think that will attract the attention of those who have responsibility and authority in the proportionality of what has already been spent. Because the real issue now, we cannot bring back those lives. But at least we could ensure that the families, the children, do not have to worry about food, about transport, about education and their future. Five million to some is a little bit. To some it is a large amount. But I think in the circumstances and the gravity of what has occurred, it will mark a median of acceptability across the board as to what the family should be entitled to. Now, this is a payment we are asking for and we have asked before and they have refused in terms of the pre-action protocol letters that we had already sent to, to, to Paria. Paria denied liability. Now, in the face of the commission's report, one that was ordained by Her Excellency, the President, and handed over, it is now a state document where there were findings of a breach of duty, it would be unpalatable for Paria in particular to suggest that there's no liability. They may take that position, but the way we see things is that while the grass is growing, there is a grave being of starvation. And that I could tell you, it broke my heart when I saw an advertisement for a barbecue some time back so that money could be raised from one of the families to look after the children and so In one particular case of the Corban, I will have the permission of the family. The father, the apple of his eye, his daughter, they had put together their resources and sent her off to Canada, the university. Every single semester, this family is tortured that they have to borrow and wait for the generosity of friends and family to ensure that this child is not taken back out of school. That is unacceptable. So that the figure that has been put, I think, will be a, a, a comfortable median that is not excessive in any event, but having regard to the enormity of the failures of the state-run agency, I think it is a fair figure for the families to have some level of comfort for their day-to-day -day needs and to the future of the children. Mm. Well... Uh, there are mixed views on that, but you've given an explanation as to how it was arrived at. And um, as I said, there are some for, some against, and you'll always have that with every single issue that happens um, in the country. But seeing that Paria has, since the inception, um, rejected any attempt to hold it accountable for what transpired, and with this latest overture, and even with the pre-action protocol letters that have been sent, um, Paria rejecting any culpability, how realistic is it that this $5 million is going to be paid, or, or any compensation at all, or, or any money is going to be paid by Paria to these families? Yeah, well, let me, let me put in context that that was a suggestion made by the chairman for extra-share payment, which I completely endorse and encourage. The alternative, of course, would be to take the matter to the court. And, of course, the court at the end of the day will decide, first of all, whether there's liability and the quantum that is. But it is a, a position I have held for some time, and maybe this is the best case. 
that the mechanics of the judgment that we've seen in the past to award damages, for instance, of a loss of a leg, $150,000. And then you see the disproportionality where persons are sued for slander and libel, and you get six and seven hundred thousand dollars in damages. We need to reassess mm-hmm. how we do things. And this might be that case because the pain and suffering endured by family members and the emotional trauma and damage done to individuals who suffer such loss is undervalued in this nation. And that is why in America you will not be surprised that there are awards in the tens of millions of dollars, not so much for the physical injury but for the emotional trauma, distress, and damage, sometimes permanent to family members and their suffering. So maybe this is that case. But if we have to file an action, we will. The problem with that, however, as we've seen repeatedly, there's a callousness in this country. But those who have unlimited state resources, meaning our taxpaying dollars, to pay lawyers, and nothing is wrong with that, of course, but when there is a good case to settle, they should face to and bring it to a quick close. Mm-hmm. But it is in the interest of many to say, no, let's fight this right up. And I know of one case that Mr. Larry Lara did, Sahadat, where the Wasser had no defense. He took the case to the High Court, won there. Wasser appealed to the Court of Appeal. Wasser lost the record in the Court of Appeal. They appealed to the Privy Council and lost the Privy Council. They didn't really want to hear. But they had no defense, at the end of which several years had passed. And then the award was made in terms not just of the damages to the family that lost their home, mm. but the cost, once again, payable by taxing dollars. In the interim, the family were without resource. And that is what I want to avoid. So I hope we have learned, and if we have not, the country must wake its, awaken itself now to the possibility of running this thing out for years at our expense, at the end of which, no decency and no justice is served. You know, that, that, that issue that you're raising there, um, it's not something that we usually speak about or enough, enough attention is paid to, and that is um, a, a bottomless pit with which you can use financially yes. to, to drag matters on. And, and, and uh, we had a discussion briefly with the head of the law association, I think it was, um, and that, that's one of the problems people face, that the administration of justice is hampered by persons not necessarily having the financial wherewithal to pursue some of these matters, and whoever has more money go, go drag it out and, and the matters die. And we're hoping that's not the case with this one, that good sense would prevail, but it doesn't seem as though Paria is willing to relent at all which suggests that this matter is going to run the gamut, which, which could take us, we know, with our legal system, a year or two or five or ten or fifteen, depending on where it goes. And then I don't know if this matter will go, end up in high court and then court of appeal and then privy council and all those things. So it could take us a very, very long time. Now, in, in, is the family, are, are the families willing to go that distance? Can they go that distance? Um, and that's something that we have to consider. Satish, let me tell you why I always enjoy speaking with you. You have the capacity and ability to hit the nail on the head. I want to make a public declaration that the lawyers who I am working with on this matter, and myself included, made a commitment. We shall charge not a single cent in this matter. No money will come to us. 
and that had I not the support of my colleagues, they would have been unrepresented. What is not known to the country is that we had asked to 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 benefit from state resources so that, you know, there are lawyers who work with me, junior lawyers in particular, who have to be paid. Um, and we were told to go to legal aid. I thought I was insulted and tell them, well, keep your legal aid because the legal aid payment is next to nothing compared to what resources Paria had been put um, had uh, had to put to fight what I consider to be a terrible injustice. And, and so we continue. So the point you made about so many in the society who do not have the capacity and ability to take a fight when an injustice has been meted out to them is a serious concern. And and maybe this is that case to highlight a lot of these things, so that their lives of those who perish would not be in vain, not only in relation to their families, but to set new levels of decency in the administration of justice and in the administration of public companies. Bottomless pits, of course, are more taxpaying dollars. To fight who? Our own citizens. And to fight what sort of citizens? The most vulnerable. This is wrong. And that is why even if the board takes a decision that they wish to fight this thing, there must be a higher authority that appointed the board to tell them, no, the conscience of the nation is upon us and we need to do what is right and proper. And if that does not come, it tells you a whole lot now about those who have power and authority and responsibility. If they do not exercise it to the benefit of the most vulnerable, then what is the purpose mm -hmm. of having power? Power is a tool and not a weapon. And I'm seeing more and more now power is being used as a weapon against the people who gives the power to those who will live against them. Well, and I, I'm very worried about this. Well, precedent-setting matters are important for for the judicial system um, because there are conventions that need to be challenged in the interest of pursuing justice. Uh, that That's given. But this has always been, and it's shaping up even more so, to be a real David and Goliath kind of issue when it comes to the families and paria. Is, is any consideration being given, and, and there is in the, the public domain, I think you mentioned it as well, going after the board members personally and going after the decision makers personally, I don't know if conjunction with going after paria or, or aside and apart from. Tell us a bit about whether or not that is something we will see playing out. Well, at the end of the day, we already know what happened in terms of the failure of the of the incident command team and the uh, and, and, and that failure goes up the ladder the responsibility is not just on on, on, on those functionaries but on the decision makers at the end of the day we cannot bring back the lies but certainly that board and its chairman has a decision to make because I recall on the cross-examination of Mr. Mushta, the general manager, he said that they were willing to assist the families, but they were advised by the lawyers to do nothing. On deeper reflection now, are we to take the advice of lawyers, or are we to take the advice and then do what is the right thing? Remember, this is a public company. Mm -hmm. Those officers of state, meaning those appointed as directors and so, have a higher responsibility than the average private company. Because the state is you and I, and they represent us. And that if they are unwilling to do the right and decent thing, and I repeat, 
there's a higher authority, ministerial line of control and command. And even beyond that, the cabinet of Trinidad and Tobago, at the end of which every state entity is is um, answerable to that hierarchy. And at the end, if nothing good comes of it, and then that, there's a decision the country has to take. And I don't mean to be political. Having said that, yes, the court system must be used as a last resort and not as a first effort to resolve issues. Even the courts themselves accept alternative dispute resolution as a primary um, resource. So let, you're going to be testing a lot of things as we proceed. And to, to lay bare some of the dark secrets and the dark actions of those who hold power. Yeah. So we are undaunted. I'll be disappointed in the extreme if the proper thing is not done. And I trust your payment made to these families. But at the same time, we will not be fearful of, um, of taking it where it has to go. And let us not forget the David and Goliath reference you made. What happened in that? Goliath, undefeatable, was he? David, without resource, without hope. What happened at the end? Mm -hmm. That is the message. Yeah. And thank, I thank you for raising that. For those of you who may have joined our conversation midway, we are speaking with Attorney Prakash Ramara this morning and discussing um, the 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 call for for five million dollars to be given to the to the survivors, uh, the the family of those divers who died, and to the lone survivor Christopher Bodrum as well. The, the the country may have many of us forgotten the trauma of what transpired during this event and even more so during the commission of inquiry. I remember many things playing out, and I, 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 I had to look at it for the news, and, and even so people wanted to view it because they were very interested in what was going on, and I remember your impassioned um, uh, um, cross-examining and, and, and everything else. Uh, people were in, uh, either they hated or they loved the way in which you, you approached the, the matter. And... Looking on from the outside, you couldn't help but put yourself in some of these situations. I am a father. Yes. And I, I could not and I still cannot begin to imagine what Kazim Ali Jr. and his wife went through. Knowing that your child is trapped. You have the ability to rescue your child. And you are prevented from doing it. <laughs> I, 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 I wish that... I do not wish that on my worst enemy because I, I have been trying. I mean, and Christopher Budram, when he did his testimony in a newspaper, I read a bit of it and I, could, I, I dropped the papers. I couldn't read the rest. Absolutely. This it's thing... unreal, but true. And the point you made about Kazimali Sr. not being able to save his son, Michael Fulban went into that pipe and only because... His lifeline, that, is, that means his oxygen supply. The line was too short. He came back out to get an extension to go back in to save his father and his friends and colleagues. And he was prevented. Unimaginable to me. And I know persons who are not, they don't even know the family or come to me and told me that because of what they learned, they have become claustrophobic. I am claustrophobic. Sorry, I was claustrophobic. I'm now, I've now beaten that took a lot of effort um, and it took a lot to deal with the facts in the case a 30 inch pipe in utter darkness with fumes 
surrounding you and a sense of hopelessness. Um, but at the same time, against that hope, they kept moving, they kept going, and Bodram was able to exit. Proof of life that the men were alive, and when he came out, he said, they are right behind me, go get them. And nobody went. I do not mean to, 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 to create too much emotional trauma again, but these are the realities of the family face every single living, moving, waking moment, mm. the nightmares that they have. And this is an ongoing tragedy. It is not ended. One large part of the closure was the report being made public. So that, yes, an authority said that they did wrong. Sorry, has not accepted. Mm. The next part of it, the necessary part of closure, is so that the day-to-day needs of these families must be met. And if they are not, that is a, a pain that they need not endure. At the end of which, I am 100% confident we shall succeed. And damages will be awarded if we must go to the court. But when will that be? Okay, well, here's, right? here's the, a... Uh, so among the family to have to go through the evidence again in a trial is horrific. Mm. And uh, we can avoid all of this by doing the right and decent thing. And all I've asked for, there are four families, five connected. How much is that really in proportion to what has already been spent and what will be spent if there's litigation? So how about this scenario? If, if Pariak or Paria comes with the Prime Minister, because there's, there's a lot of pressure now publicly on the Prime Minister to act in a matter like this, in either firing the board, and we'll get to that in just a bit, or ordering that, listen, let's do, the, do, do what some people are suggesting and offer this money, uh, how, mu- how much ever it might be. If, if Paria comes to you because you've, you've issued letters to them, and Paria says, here we're going on. Um, we, we could make a payment. We are making that $5 million you're asking for, you know. Uh, we ain't going to pay so much. We will make a payment, and this is in no way an expression of us being culpable in any way. And Paris said, here, well, we'll give each family a million dollars. Would you be sufficient? Would that be sufficient? Would that be acceptable? And would that end the matter? It is not for me to make the ultimate decision. It will be to the family. Mm-hmm. And the quantum, yes, necessary. But that figure I put there, was really one to mark what I consider to be a decent sum in all of the circumstances. Mm. All right? Uh, as I repeat, for, for slander and libel matters, people are closing in on a million dollars in, in damages. But the loss of life is one thing. But mm. in circumstances where it was completely avoidable and you fail to act or prevent it action to save those lives in the most claustrophobic and heinous way to pass, the treatment of the families thereafter, the trauma that they all suffer, and we are. And I could tell you across the board, you said something about people, whether I loved or hated how I cross-examined. I have not met a single person who disagreed with the way I handled the matter. This is not any way saying that I did well. I'm not, no, I'm not self-affecting here. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I felt, and the people have told me across the board that they needed some level of accountability to be had in, in that room and they felt that we, we achieved some of it yeah. and they were pleased with it but having said all of that also one of the, the, the biggest questions I have everywhere I go what is happening with the families are they going to compensate them this is the, the nation speaking you know and I do wish we had the capacity for something akin to a referendum to put it to a vote and let the people say what they want. Um, so we wouldn't have anecdotal statements like I am making. Mm. Uh, but across the board, I think 
the conscience of this country wants to see a proper, reasonable satisfaction financially to the people. And it's not just about the money. It's the acknowledgement of wrong that can make right. Yeah. And that bring back the life. But the court, on a daily basis, award damages in lieu of what is true justice. There's no true justice in this. There's focus so, now. So there's focus now on the Prime Minister and how the, the administration, you can't get away from it, how, how they've handled this matter. Um, um, we I want to avoid getting political. No, it's not about, po- it's not about you politics. Do that. This, you do that, you, 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 yeah, I know. You devalue, well, you, you devalue a lot of what's going on, but this is not about politics, really. This is about people asking for the Prime Minister to, to say something about what's going on. Thus far, the government has adopted an approach that says, listen, this is what needs to happen. The report went from the commission to the president to the cabinet, and the cabinet has adjudicated, and they've sent it to the DPP. Are you supportive of the move to send it to the DPP? Yes, absolutely. Um, because it is he, the one authority in this country that will determine whether a judge shall be voted in any case or not. And, of course, he's entitled to seek the assistance of the police service, to further any further investigation to obtain statements and so um, and other evidence he may find necessary to see whether sufficient is there to lay a charge. Mm. So I agree 100% with passing it over to the DPP's office. Um, uh, so I have no known difficulty at all with that and I repeat, the DPP can seek the assistance of any state agency and in particular for the service to obtain evidence and do further investigation as he deems fit. Um, and the protocols required for a criminal prosecution are different from that which engaged the, um, the Commission of Inquiry. Com- su- suspects or persons who may, who may have a charge to answer have to be given the constitutional right uh, against self-incrimination and told that you, know, you have the right to remain silent and you say may be taken right and be given in evidence against you. So these are things that would, would be required for a criminal investigation to, per- to mm. be pursued. And brought back to the DPP. So, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, there are calls now um, for the Prime Minister to act further to what has transpired with handing it over to the DPP, and there are some who are suggesting, well, listen, the Prime Minister can end all of this by mandating that certain things happen. And yeah. th- there are some who are suggesting, well, listen, um, the government is doing the right thing. The government is trying to avoid getting personally involved or, or directly involved in this thing and letting it play itself out through the, uh, the obvious challenge, um, channels. The, the DPP, they had to go to court, let it go to court, and let Paria handle its own business. Um, but what, I, I don't want to take it on the line of politics, but do you agree with the suggestion that it's within the po- power of the Prime Minister at this point in time to put this matter to a resolution once and for all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely because it is a state-run company and you cannot have wrong decisions in the, in the, in the, in the, in the gear of the public scrutiny and say, oh, let them continue. No. At the end of the day, the box stops to the highest executive officer in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's what is decent and proper. And in particular, if you are now armored with the recommendations of a commission of inquiry put together by Her Excellency yeah. and a formal report with findings, with the finest minds put together. I mean, the legal team, Ramesh Lawrence Manager and his team, together with Mr. Lynch himself, King's Council, and Mr. Wilson, 
These are the recommendations of very official state documents. And therefore, to fail to act upon it would be making a mockery of the entire process. Because we need not, as I repeat, resort to the court in every case. It's a normal everyday thing in this country and throughout the world where matters are settled before it reaches the court when the sense of justice, what is right and proper and decent, is known to all. And for those who have the authority and do not exercise it, and there's the higher authority, they can exercise it. So if it ends with the Prime Minister, of course the Prime Minister could put an end to this and say, no, I will tell you without, you know, contaminating the conversation. I sat in a cabinet, and I know how we operated. And in a case like this, that matter would have been resolved, the families looked after, and then the commission and so would have endured afterwards, taking its glorious time. Um, so I always live in hope and expectation of the right and proper thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, to your question, the Prime Minister and the Cabinet could make a decision on this matter. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ramadan, that's we're going to have to leave it this morning. Um, Regrettably, but thank you very, these, very much. These conversations, yeah, as, as a media practitioner, you know you're involved in many different things. But you see yeah. this incident that happened with these paria, um, this paria python and these divers, this touched the nation in a way that I don't think we've seen the nation being affected for, for a very long period of time, if ever. There are people who, while the incident was going on, from that Friday evening, were glued to their devices until Monday or Tuesday or whenever it was the bodies were retrieved. And then the commission of inquiry affected so many people on a personal level that I don't think I've ever seen it before in the nation. And coming on to a year in a month's time to the anniversary of what, well, two years of what transpired, some people are still traumatized. I, can, I cannot begin to imagine what the families are going through. You're in direct contact with them, so you would yes. know. But I know. I know and I feel. And that is why when I stood in that commission, I had to represent them. I had to express how deep felt for vindication. At least somebody was standing on their side. Mm. They were treated as garbage disposable, like their beloved ones in that fight. I couldn't permit, and I allowed myself the privilege to truly represent them and the nation's conscience as I felt. That an injustice of the worst kind, I agree with you. I've never seen anything that has brought this country more together in terms of care and concern than this event. And that uh, we cannot allow the same to continue in the way it has. Yeah. So okay. I do expect and hope that those who have the responsibility and authority at the highest level look on and understand that they represent all of us and that the pain could be mitigated for the entire nation by doing the right thing. Yeah. Anthony Ramadan, thank you so much for being with us here this morning. God bless. Thank uh, you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how we end our interview this morning with Attorney Prakash Ramadan. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.